This is a class where I'm going to share with you five practices for strength and courage that have been helpful to me. Uh, just a little bit, I work for Harding School of Theology in Memphis, Tennessee, been there almost nine years, preached for 36 years before coming there, and still preach, and uh, a lot of my time is spent one-on-one -on -one with lots and lots of ministers and in groups with ministers and so some of this is what I have shared with uh, a number of ministers over the last two and a half years especially um, and I but I realize not everybody we're all servants in different congregations and we do different things and so I'm going to adapt all this to that there's a guy by the name of Arthur Brooks. He's written a book called Strength to Strength. I think it's still on the bestseller, New York, New York Times bestseller list. Um, basically what he talks about, he teaches at Harvard Business School. Basically what he's talking about is how do you live a good life and a fruitful life and a life that matters as you continue to age. Um, I was looking at his book the other day, and I'm also, well, I listened to it first, then I bought the book. Uh, but Brooks opens with a story. He was on a plane. plane was going from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. And he said, it's a night flight. It's dark on the plane. He said, people are either sleeping or watching a movie. And he said, I'm sitting there at my... In, in my seat trying to do some work and I heard this conversation behind me and he said I, I picked up from the conversation behind me that that this was an older couple whatever that means that this is an older couple and they're evidently married and she says something like and I'll quote I'll quote this it's not true that no one needs you anymore. And then she said, then he says, a man I assumed to be her husband murmured, and I couldn't make out what he said. He said, and again his wife saying, Oh, stop saying it would be better if you were dead. And he said, Now they've got my full attention. And he said, I, I listened, I could hear them talk, and I, I envisioned a man whose dreams were unfulfilled. I envisioned maybe this is a person whose career it just never happened the way he envisioned. He said, I envisioned someone who never was able to go to the school he wanted to attend. Well, we finally landed, he said, in Washington, and the lights went on and I had to see who this was. I just wanted to, and he said, I envisioned this older, stooped gentleman, but he said, as we all got up out of our seats and I turned around, I recognized him. And he said, he actually, he said, I could use the word famous to describe him. He was celebrated for his bravery. He had been celebrated over the last few years. Now he's in his mid-80s. 
Now he's in his mid, you're fine. He's in his mid-80s. And he, Brooks said, I actually had admired him since I was a kid. He did something no, uh, no, notable for his bravery. Well, we made our way to the front and the pilot looked at the gentleman and said, Oh my goodness, I have, you have been one of my heroes most of my life. And he said the man kind of brightened up, he, he smiled, and we left the plane. Brooks never tells who this gentleman was. I'd love to know. But what Brooks does do, the author of the book, Strength and Strength, what he does do is he asks the question, he asks the question, why is it that as this man thought about his life, that he didn't, he didn't really look fully alive until someone remembered who he used to be? You ever known people who are always talking about who they used to be? Well, you should have seen it. Back when I was with that company, back when we lived in such and such, back when I preached for that big church, back when I did it. And they go on and on and on. I went to high school with a person. 20 years, 20 years into our high school reunion, he showed up and all he could talk about were those high school football games. I mean, it went on and on and on. There are some people, we, we, we age, we do life, and about all we can talk about is the way it used to be. Brooks is asking, is it possible to talk about life as it is now? As it is now. What I want to do for a few minutes is give five practices for strength and courage right now because I think what is really important are the next few steps that we all take including me steps that lead toward perseverance steps that reflect some courage I'm going to mention this, but I don't want to get into it because we, we've kind of massaged this to death in a lot of places, but it's been a hard two and a half years. My goodness. Lots of disruption, lots of disorientation. Um, it's just been a hard two and a half years. It's been hard in this culture. It's been hard in the churches. We've done every, you know, it's been vaccine and arguing over politics and on and on and on. But as a footnote, it's also true that life can be pretty hard. You know, I'm not one of these people that kind of glibly, you know, if you see me and I'm just going to go, it's all good. My life is not all good. Most of my life, it, 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 I am blessed and there's a lot of good things. There are also some, there's some pain and there's some challenges. And that is pretty well locked. That's life, okay? That's life. Five practices for strength and courage 
I'm, I hope this will be helpful. Um, here's a couple of things I've learned. Number one, it is really important to pay attention to what is important. It's important to pay attention to what is important. So, when it comes to distractions, what do we get distracted by? This is your turn. What do we get distracted by? Yes. Just yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have four kids in our household and everything that they have going on. It just four kids and everything. Excellent. Four kids and everything that's going on. Our phones. Get distracted by phones. Get distracted by by somebody somewhere wanting my attention. And I look at my phone and I don't recognize that number. And they left a voice message. They said that our extended warranty had expired. <laughs> I didn't know we had an extended warranty, but apparently these people know that not only did we have it, but it's expired and I don't recognize this town and wherever. Um, but, but just for a moment. Here I'm spending, I'm spending my energy and my thinking on that. We get distracted by what else? The news. The news. Yeah. And it, it can be the news. It can be somebody's perspective on the news that we're listening to. We get distracted by uh, lots and lots of opinions, right? And people have people. Are, we're, we're very serious about our opinions, aren't we? And we'll put them on social media. And, oh, it's, and sometimes you don't even recognize the person that you're reading this opinion from. You think, wow, she usually doesn't, or he doesn't usually talk like that. Yeah. So one of the things I want to do in my life is I want to make sure I want to make sure I'm paying attention to what is really important. I've mentioned a few. For instance, to Jesus and his call. His call on my life. His claim to my life. You know, I mentioned a while ago, I talked to lots and lots of ministers. This is huge right here. Because ministers can get distracted by, more, by as many things as anybody else. And before you know it, you're not thinking a whole lot about the Lord. You're thinking more about the machinery of the church and how do you keep this thing going. But if I can think about Jesus and his call, what he wants me to do and what he wants me to be. Um, how many things do you have on your to-do list in, in the mornings typically? Do you, do you have, are you all... Do you have, typically have a lot or just the very few? Or, or do you even have a list? Or What would you say? Uh, yeah, a fair amount, yeah. especially with my job. Fair amount, especially with my job, yeah. If you don't make one, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't make one, you don't have to worry about it. Might have eight or 12 a day. Might have eight or 12 a day. More than I'm going to get done. More than I'm going to get done. And now I'm trying to think about, so if it really is more than I'm going to get done, which is probably right, what really needs to be done? 
And one of the things I'm trying to do more and more early in the morning is to pay attention to Jesus and his claim on my life first before I get to that, that murky area of all these things I need or I'm supposed to or I want to do. Paying attention to, to our identity. To our identity. You look in the mirror and you think, you know, wow, you don't look quite the way you did a few years ago. I looked in the mirror the other day and, and uh, I'm just thinking, I don't even recognize me from a few years ago. Got a haircut the other day. She says, your hair, don't refer to it as gray. It's nice silver. Nice silver. Hey, Phil. Nice silver? Um, hmm. I think it's gray. Um, but uh, I, I want to, my identity, though, really is not found in the mirror. And it's not even found on who others think I am. I want my identity to be found in who God sees, who I am in, in, in the eyes of God. I want to pay attention to our mission. Boy, this is, a, this is a real important one if you happen to be a minister. Because most of us start out, most ministers start out very clear-eyed about the mission. And after a while, you feel like you're basically a manager of a religious institution sometimes with, with all these goods and services people are expecting and wanting. I want to go back and remember what is the point of my life in this world? What's the point of my life? And if I'm going to work, what's, my, what's the point for me taking up space on this earth? What's the point of me serving in a church? What's the point? And finally, I want to pay attention for what God might be doing here. One of the things I'm trying to do more and more of is, is to, as I try to, as I'm working on these practices, paying attention to what is important, pay attention to the mundane. So I don't know what you're your day is like. Sometimes my day consists of conversations that seem to be important coupled with talking to a fifth grade boy about the baseball game that night and I hope he has the confidence to swing to, that's my grandson, to talking by FaceTime to a two-year-old girl who just says, Poppy, Poppy, and makes me melt, to talking with someone as they relate the disappointing news about another marriage breakup. One of the things I want to do as I begin my day in the morning is to pray, Lord, may I see what you're doing in these situations. May I not just be on when I'm having the important conversation, but may I be on when I'm having the conversation with the fifth grader and 
just the encouragement he needs. Man, pay attention to what you're doing. Here's a second practice that I found helpful. To be intentional about looking for moments of joy. Moments of joy. Uh, that has been, this has been really important to me over the last two and a half years. Moments of joy. And this can be really important, especially when life is just so stinking hard. And you, you know, it's hard. Paying attention to moments of joy. I was telling a, 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 another guy, a friend of mine, I, I've, got, I've got this friend. I, I preached in Waco, Texas for 20 years. I've got this friend that one night, um, or one afternoon actually, he called me. This has been some time ago. He called me and he said, let's go see the Rangers, the Texas Rangers baseball team. Let's go see the Rangers play tonight. Okay. And we take off, leave work early. We, we go to the ballpark. All I know is who the other team is. I don't know a thing about what's going on that night. We walk into the ballpark and it is dollar hot dog night. <laughs> dollar hot dog night. I mean, it was like grilled onions and it was like real, it was like good hot dogs. And my friend and I looked at one another and we went up to the counter and it's dollar hot dog night. And I said, I want three. <laughs> and he said, I want three. I don't eat three hot dogs anywhere. But it's dollar hot dog night. And so we get three. And my friend gets three. And he look, we look at one another and we say, maybe we'll come back for another later. That's been a long time ago. I look back at that memory. And it just... It's, it's just so pleasant. My friend, whose name is Scott, I called him the other day. And I said, Scott, is it, is it dollar hot dog night? And he said, man, I wish it was. We could take off right now and get there. I think this was 20 years ago when we did this. But do you see what we're doing? For just a moment, we're savoring a moment of joy. Moments of joy can be about uh, some of the, the things that seem so incidental. For me, it's a first cup of coffee. I know people, it's, it's the first bite of, of a piece of good chocolate. Um, it's, a it's remembering a vacation that you took to where? Oh, oh, somebody whispered Hawaii. Say Hawaii. My wife always said, remember the good times. And on May 20th, 2014, she passed on. She oh was waiting for me. Oh, my. But we had so many good times. Yes. We were high school sweethearts. Oh, my goodness. And I was the top athlete in my senior class, football, baseball, basketball, mm. swimming did those things yeah. and I went to college and got my degree taught for 64 years. Oh, I came wow. here at Pepperdine and got my master's in school management administration. We spent 14 years in Italy doing mission work. Wow. We remember all those things. Yeah. And now I'm retired finally after 64 years of teaching 
because I couldn't get my Zoom classroom set up and I couldn't learn how to, it was a Google classroom and I couldn't learn how to Zoom and that's really not education. Yeah. Uh, now I'm asking God to, what am I doing? Yeah. What do I do now? So. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It can be remembering just little things, but I'm telling you, when you're around a lot of disruption, when you're around a lot of anger and a lot of things that just aren't working, to remember some things in your life that just bring you joy can be very, very special. And I'm going to tell you, that can be very, for, for those of you who serve a congregation in any way, that can be very important for a congregation to bring back moments of joy to these people. Remember when we, remember when we did this. Remember, remember how good that was. It doesn't take but a few moments to do that. But that can be very, very powerful, is, is to be a person that not only remembers moments of joy, but looks for them. I've got a friend who uh, has this little uses this little line on me and everybody else a lot, and I like it. Um, used to sit by him at volleyball games when our kids were in high school, and we'd be in some small Texas dirt town with a gymnasium sitting there, you know, waiting on the volleyball game. And I'd say, Jay, uh, I am so hungry. Where in the world are we going to eat? And he said, I have no idea. But the good news is, we are about an hour and a half from one of the finest Mexican food places. It was always that. You know, that's tough, but I'm going to tell you the good news. The good news is, in two weeks, we're going on vacation. He had a way, or has a way, of whatever there was that seemed difficult or hard he would he, he didn't deny how difficult or hard it was he would just say you know that's true but the good news is can i be a person who is intentional about looking for the good news here's number three invest in your friendships invest in your friendships do you, do you all have people in your life that you just you just feel better when they're around. You have somebody like that? All right. You have anybody in your life when you, you kind of do better when they're around? They raise the bar. You want to act better. If you have some kind of smart mouth, you might, I don't know. You just don't feel like saying it all the time. They're just, they're just the kind of people, they make you want to grow up in a good way. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're that kind of people. And do, do, do you know other people that are the, that are the opposite? Oh man, yeah. 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 So you 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 you're with a certain person, and it's just gripe, 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 gripe. Well, it's been good to see you, and then they leave. And I'm not talking about a person who's you know, what I would call kind of had an incident and it's, they just need to talk through all this stuff. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm just talking about people. That's just kind of their demeanor. They complain a lot. I was talking to a minister uh, right in the middle of, I guess it was right at the end of 2020, uh, when I, you know, I'd been working out of my house for a while, and you remember how it was. And uh, I said, well, how are you doing? He said, well, I'm doing all right. We're doing all right. I said, I had to adjust my friendships. I said, what, what did you do? And he said, well, uh, I, just, I just got a group of friends. We've gotten into the habit of all we do is complain. And he said, I can't take it right now. I just can't take it. And I, I needed to create some space. And I told him, I said, I, I'm just kind of fragile, and I don't need a lot of complaining right now. Well, if you relate to that or not. But one of the things I can do is I can invest in my friendships. First of all, I can invest in me being that kind of person for, for, another, for, for someone else. For me being the kind of friend that when I leave, they just feel better and they want to do better. Wouldn't it be great to be that kind of friend? To be that kind of friend where people look forward to your presence. I am having a cup of coffee with, oh my goodness, this is, I'm just looking forward to that. I can be that kind of friend. But to invest in relationships that bring about strength and courage. I don't know what that might look like for you, but you, you ever come to a place where you just realize, I'm not spending enough time, I'm talking about physical time, I, I realize there are, a lot of us have friends that are in other places, but just at least physically, I'm not spending enough time with, with friends. You seen that before or experienced that? Number four. Number four is talk to somebody. Talking to somebody. I had a friend in our congregation. He's going in for an operation. He poetry. And uh, he's got a team that's going to, you know, go in and cut on. I've been cut on 22 times. I've got two hip replacements, laminated back, you know, right. carpal tunnels, all that stuff. And I'm going to be 88 this August. But, uh, the last Sunday he was in church, I went up to him, shook his hand, and said, I'm with you, brother. And I'm wrong. I love what you said. And he said, thank you. And his mom was you, you, you all hear this? I mean, th that is powerful. Just to, to talk to a friend and not have to say a whole lot, but I'm with you. Not alone. Thank you for sharing that. Um, talking to somebody, I want to make a few suggestions, and some of this may fit you, and some of this may not. But it can be very, very helpful to look for people who seem to be fairly wise. And I don't mean people who are trying to tell you how wise they are, there are plenty of those. 
but they're the people that you're around you think I learned so much from her I I learned so much from him I don't know I, I, I feel like there's something about there's some wisdom there that I want I don't know if you've had any know anybody like that I have a friend of mine who you know the older you get the harder it is to find um, people who are older than you and I'm at a place <laughs> where you know they're running thin at a certain age I've got a friend who is probably eight to ten years older than me uh, one of the most alive, vibrant people I know. And I'll call him and I'll, I'll just say, man, how are you working with this kind of energy? Because you're, you've got such a wonderful attitude and you approach people with energy. How do you maintain that at your age? How are you doing that? I'm trying to learn. I, I'll ask, uh, I, I've got four grandchildren two daughters and one son-in-law. Uh, at times I will ask certain people, how do you how do you be the father to a to a young woman who is single and near 40? How do you be a father or mother? How do you have a son-in-law and bless this person? I've asked that question to people who are older. But one of the things I've found helpful is talking to someone, seeking out people who have some wisdom. A second one, though, it, uh, sometimes it can be helpful to, to seek out a mentor or, or somebody who, who can coach you through a certain time of life, a certain place in, in your life. Uh, sometimes a... a, a, a a person will will just trying to say this without not saying it. A person will will move into a chapter of life that where that she really hasn't experienced before and just needs someone to help coach her through it or coach him through it. That can be helpful at times. Sometimes there are some of us who just need to talk to a therapist. Uh, I did in Kansas City when we were there and I was experiencing some depression. Uh, talked to a therapist in Kansas City for a little bit and then we first came to Waco, talked to a therapist for a little bit, same subject. Uh, I found that really helpful. Um, some people talk to uh, spiritual directors. Some people will talk to People, somebody who can help them with their physical health. You know, our our bodies, we're all, you're, you're, you are a self. Sometimes my body has just become sluggish and I need help with getting out of this by somebody who knows what they're doing. But one of the things I found helpful is having the willingness to get out of your head and talk to somebody. Nobody's got all this figured out, folks. And the, and the, and the person who acts like they do, uh, they don't. The, 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 we're all learning. But 
you, you don't have to go this thing alone either. And just, you know, that, that can be really hard. But, but talking to somebody, it can be really, really helpful. Number five, commit to being a, a non-anxious presence or at least a less anxious presence. And uh, I'm, I'm using that uh, non-anxious presence the, the way family systems people would use that. Uh, a non-anxious presence, uh, Charles Seibert, who, who years ago uh, taught an Abilene Christian, one of the things he would say to many of us is, you gotta learn to manage yourself, manage yourself. What he was talking about is managing our own functioning, managing the anxiety that's within us. And we all have some of this at some point. The, the question is, what am I gonna do? What some of us do with our anxiety is we close up and we, as my wife would tell me or tell you right now, he goes into a cave when he is really, really anxious. Now in, in our young marriage, uh, I did that far too often. Uh, it, things are much, much different and better now, but still I have to watch that. That's my tendency. Other people, other people, what they tend to do is they just enmesh themselves. They can be anybody they need to be. And so uh, if you're needing me to think a certain way politically, I can do that with you. I can be like you. If you're needing me to, to uh, think the way you think, I can do that. I, I get enmeshed with, I can get enmeshed with people. Neither one of those are healthy. Simply disengaging and crawling into a cave, that's not good. Or losing yourself and just figuring out a way to please people all the time. What I want to do is I want to stay calm, but I want to realize where anxiety is in me. I'm going to ask you a question. In your body, where do you typically notice anxiety? Some of us would notice that our heads are throbbing. I feel like I'm about to explode. My head is throbbing. Um, some of us would say, Man, I just feel it in my chest. I feel the tension in my shoulders. Some of us might say that. Some of us might say, uh, my back is just killing me. You notice anything about yourself when, when you're really feeling anxious? What do you, what do you notice, if you don't mind me asking? I usually keep my stress right up in my upper back. Upper back, upper back. Yeah. Yeah. And when those stressful moments come, I can just feel that tension. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. One more. You notice a different place? Your throat? Your throat? Yeah. Okay. Your throat. Okay. Well, one of the things I want to do as a, as a human being that's pretty self-aware is I want to be able to say, you know, I'm feeling a lot of tension wherever it is you're feeling it. And it's going to be important for me to function calmly and not let that take over. 
Because if I go into this house tonight with those kids and my spouse with all this tension and I just start whatever it is you do when you're tense, uh, that's not going to be good. One of the things I can do in, in, in with, with just anxiety and tension is I can, I can ask myself, how do I function in a meeting when I'm really anxious? How do I function in an, elder, in an elders meeting? How do I function in, in a meeting at work when I'm anxious? And to make the choice, I'm going to act calm even though my stomach is churning and my back is but I'm going to function better than I feel. I found that helpful to commit to at least being a less anxious presence, a less anxious presence. Now those are just a few practices. Hopefully some of these will be helpful. Um, the most important thing is investing in who you are. Investing in being a better self, Investing in being a more godly, healthy person who lives intentionally and not just reacting. Because what a lot of us have found is that just being passive and letting life happen um, is not good. But by the grace of God and because of the power of His Spirit, I can live intentionally. I can live intentionally and I can make these choices. I've got at the bottom of the page, uh, uh, there's a note that says, see Jim Martin's encouragement note. This is something I publish every two weeks. It's a freebie. Uh, basically what it is, is sim something simply to provide encouragement. If you would like that, you, uh, I would encourage you to sign up. I get nothing out of this, but it is just something I do. But you might enjoy that. Glad you were here.